1: Hello, and welcome to ECW Revisited. Uh, You'll notice the slight difference of uh, name from our WCW Reconsidered podcast. Uh, That is because WCW has spent 20 years getting uh, canned and called garbage by uh, WWE-produced documentaries. Uh, ECW has not suffered the ignominy of... uh, wcw's fate and instead is sort of considered this genius hidden promotion that only a a select few were able to see so we've changed the name slightly uh my name is matthew kayfabe uh i am called that due to uh the name of my father and grandfather before me and my commitment to kayfabe and i'm here with the uh only man i know who has a medical doctorate in professional wrestling uh dr Damien gibson how are you i'm good
0: that's exactly right i went to professional wrestling medicine school for 17 years to be able to be called a doctor so i appreciate you calling me by my uh, correct
1: uh, <laughs> my my correct uh, you know thing <laughs> i'm i'm ai uh, am excited to do this because neither of us have watched uh ECW f- full. I think I might have watched a little bit more than you have.
0: I've watched uh, none. I've n- I've never seen any ECW. I've watched uh, occasional like I've seen little bits and pieces of WWE ECW, which we won't talk about until uh, maybe not at all. But um,
1: I think maybe maybe we'll do that. Let's see how this goes. We got six years until we yeah, need to think yeah. about where we're going. Uh,
0: ECW has always been something that. Um, To be fair, I didn't really know anything about it. By the time I stopped watching wrestling around 99, 2000, I hadn't heard anything about ACW then, really. Um, And then I came back Mm. to wrestling in like 2012, and that's when I really heard about it because you heard people that I was really into talk about it a lot. Like Ring of Honor guys. Mm. Guys like, um, you know, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, the same people I talk about in every frigging podcast. But they... They would. Like, they'd talk about it. And then WWE, because they own the rights to it and Paul Heyman worked for them and all that kind of thing, they were very open in just mentioning ECW. And you're right. It's weird. Like, they, Mm. there is this- I mean, WWE won't even mention New Japan or anything like that at all. You know, they barely will bring themselves Mm. to say this person- You know, like, there's a lot of talk about how AJ Styles debuted five years ago. And I remember then they could barely Mm. bring themselves to, say, Japan, let alone New Japan. (laughs) So, ECW is this weird, um, significant place in wrestling history where, like, they uh, exist in the WWE universe, but are their own
1: thing. And I guess they... They did show up as well in WWE for a mm. bit of time. Um, there was a sort of mini invasion angle. And then they were part of the big invasion angle that was terrible. Yeah. But that's that's okay. We'll, we'll get, get to get, that. We'll get there. Um, so, so we, we've decided to start in 1995. I think there's not a heap of logic uh, behind this other than starting in 1993 was a very daunting thing. Uh, and we thought we'd give them a few years to get their uh, sea legs under them before we started um, so we're gonna we're gonna do this a little bit differently we're gonna do it month by month so this is a monthly show um, and we're gonna start with January 2 1995 we open with a Mikey whipwreck what what's he been up to for the last year video package then we get a match with which is Mikey Whip, rip rah, Mikey whipwreck versus Donnie Allen and he, he wins, Mikey wins. Uh, then Paul Laurier, Mikey's friend, is interviewed and the bastard decks Mikey and attacks him, uh, being egged on by the the, the uh, incredibly named Jason, uh, who then delivers a promo on Mikey Whiprec. Uh Then we go to an outdoor public enemy anti-Taz promo. And we move on to a cut-up match that's Sabu and Taz versus Public Enemy that ends with a Benoit and Dean Malenko run-in. Uh, then we get a Paul Heyman promo on Taz, Sabu, and 9-11 versus Public Enemy, Benoit and Malenko, a match that's going to happen that Saturday night and not be on television. Uh, then we get uh, a video of Stevie Richard's first loss and we get the, the backstory of him renaming himself... Stevie Polo and Stevie the Body, uh, obviously references to Scotty the Body and Johnny Polo, uh, WCW and WWF wrestlers, the same wrestler, in fact, a mystery wrestler who might appear later in January 1995. Um, Then we go to the main event, which is Shane Douglas versus Ron Simmons for the ECW title. Uh, In a running thing, uh, Simmons is injured by the shooter Dean Malenko, and the crippler Chris Benoit, And then Joey Styles reveals Shane Douglas's challenger for Saturday night. Once again, not televised, and it's Tully Blanchard, the former Four Horsemen.
0: What do you think of this? There's a lot. There's a lot to um, to unpack. I, uh, Mikey Whiprack is my ECW guy. I'm, like, all in on him immediately. Um, you mentioned to me that he's probably the Daniel Bryan of ECW, and, of course, I immediately... Anyone who's small and has Mm. all the odds stacked against them, (laughs) I'm on board immediately. Uh, It's just you reading out that card, man. It's a testament to how influential ECW is, even up until today. You know, like Paul Mm. Heyman, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, uh, you know, Ron Simmons, um, Tully Blanchard, like there's this really amazing eclectic mix of like young up-and-comers and and then you know sort of uh i wouldn't call them like haggard old veterans but you know guys who are sort of coming towards the end of their career and like simmons and and blanchard to help out acw like it's Mm. uh, a testament to paul Heyman's like savvy in how to make things work that he's got that really good mix of you know youth and experience on the card
1: And he's obviously very good at getting the most out of, you know, Daniel Bryan is small and does have the odds stacked against him, but he does sort of look like a professional wrestler and he is a technical Mm. wizard. Mikey Whipwreck looks like a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's his whole gimmick, but it works, you know, like it's, um, Mm. yeah, I. I, the quality of the sound and video had a very nostalgic sort of effect on me. And I think because we're slightly different ages, it'll be interesting to see, like, how we look at this stuff because like Mm. um i think there's probably a few things that happen in the next couple episodes that are probably more um conducive to this conversation but it's um it doesn't feel they're trying it feels like they're trying to tap into a certain demographic which would have been like 15 to 30 year olds around that time and they're nailing it you know like um and even now as a as a 40 year old man watching this i'm like this is this is good. Like, it doesn't, it feels, I don't know, there's something real about it. And, and watching this first show, it feels like it's the template for every indie show I've ever seen
1: in my, in my life is ECW. And, and this is uh, very much like local... East Coast Television—that's there to promote the show that's going to happen in Philadelphia. Like you know, this—it's obviously on at eleven PM. Yeah. It's sort of you know, channel. We have a community TV channel called Channel Twenty One, and you know, it's a real like you know, local band makes a makes a video clip, and it's on Channel t- Thirty One. Thirty One. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, and I should I should also say. Uh, The public enemy, it's worth noting because we're watching on our WCW show, we're getting a lot of public enemy in and they're sort of hand-waving fat guys, friendly fat guys. (laughs) Here they are super irritating homeboys. As Tism said, all homeboys are dickheads. These guys are dickheads. Yeah,
0: and it, and it, um, it really does sort of bring back memories of that being a thing. Of, like, you know, sort of, like, white Mm. middle-class kids so desperately wanting to have the same lived experience as, like, African-American kids who are making the music that they loved. But it just came across as dickish because, you know, uh, you know, just, like, guys who obviously went to, like, a uh, very well-off school just standing around on the corner of streets in in my middle-class suburb just trying to be, like, look like they were from N.W.A., you know it just it was i don't know it was just really try hard and i hated it and so i think like uh the, you know public uh public enemy have like tapped into that as a heel team and that it works really well like and as you say like the difference yeah. between them and ECW and WCW is light years
1: and they're a big deal they I think they're the only wrestlers that are on every every episode of January ECW.
0: what's going on with Taz why is Taz dress like that tas
1: <laughs> this this is the early Taz gimmick when he was the Tasmaniac, maniac not Taz the oh, street fighter like he was a you know he's a, he's, a, he's a i i thought you would either really like this or really hate it i, I don't like it either. um it's it's <laughs> it, it has it has your favorite thing in wrestling which is stupid uh like you know he he's a jungle man, sort of Tarzan thing, which is like seems to be quite up your. It alley. is, like, yeah. If someone has a gimmick that is absolutely <laughs> not realistic and bizarre, you're like, this is what professional wrestling is. It's storytelling,
0: <laughs> but it is storytelling. I don't know. I haven't seen him cut a promo. It, he just looks weird. He looks like he's wearing a fucking Barney Rubble suit to the ring, and I don't like it.
1: Don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna get to gonna get to. M- Uh, some real Taz in the next few years. Um, So I'll I'll move on to January 10, 1995. We open with a Tully Blanchard promo where he states that one of the horsemen might be afraid of Shane Douglas. And that's the backstory there uh, for, for listeners is that uh, he's been, Shane Douglas has been, has basically spent the last two years cutting uh, promos on Ric Flair, calling him out. Um, Then we get a Stevie Richards promo, uh, where he says that Johnny Polo is coming to ECW. I told you he'd be coming. He had to cancel a date, double date with Eddie Vedder. And then we get the debut of Johnny, the man who was Johnny Polo, but is now Raven. Uh, then we get Stevie Richards versus The Shah, Hack Myers. Uh, then we get a package on Chris Benoit. We get ECW's New York premiere. Then uh, Ron Simmons' promo on Shane Douglas. Then Too Cold Scorpio comes to the ring and cuts a promo on Malenko and Benoit, which is stupid because they've been spending the foreseeable past uh, beating down anyone who says anything about them or wrestles on an ECW show. So Too Cold Scorpio is then beaten down uh, by Malenko and Benoit. And then we end with... Uh, too cold scorpio versus the sandman uh ec ecw uh icon the sandman who loses partially because he just doesn't give a shit about winning uh he just likes smoking cigarettes drinking beer and causing pain which he does what do you think
0: uh yeah there's a lot in this episode that uh i enjoyed raven um we haven't got to Raven's debut in on our WCW show, so I haven't actually got to talk about how much I loved him and how much I love Raven's flock. And um, we don't know if it's a controversial uh, opinion, but I don't think too many people shared that with me. I don't, like, I don't think too many people were like, you know who my favorites are? Raven's flock. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think too many people were getting into that, but I love them. I think, I, like uh, I thought they were Perry Satin and Kidman. Like they were, I thought they were great.
1: I should say that this is this is going to become a bit of a running thing. But uh, the, we're watching on the WWE network and ECW did not care for. Uh, they didn't. They didn't give one single shit about uh, copyright. So. Raven's original entrance theme is not uh, elevator music, as they play as he is he enters, and either is the Sandman's, in fact. So Raven was originally coming out to keep him separated by the off, not keep him separated, come out and play by the Offspring, uh, and the Sandman was coming out, obviously, iconically to enter Sandman by Metallica. So great, um, yeah. Sandman's great as
0: well. I'd seen I'd seen Sandman before, uh, and always thought, man,
1: what a What an awesome gimmick. I mean, it's... Mm. um, It's Stone Cold's gimmick. Stone Cold stole a heap from the Sandman. Yeah, he has, right? Like, (laughs) if Stone Cold was allowed to, like, smoke on his way down and was less technically capable, he's basically the Sandman.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that until you just brought that up. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he has. And now I dislike Stone Cold Steve Austin. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was excited to see the Sandman uh, do his work, and, and he shows up in the in the next couple of episodes as well. So I don't want to, mm. uh, you know, proverbially blow my load uh, early with uh, <laughs> with Sandman. But Raven, in particular, I was like, ah, oh, because I've heard a lot about Raven's ECW run, so I was super excited to see that he shows up like mm. in the second episode.
1: Um, yeah this is sort of where we're going we're getting in on the ground floor of Raven,
0: yeah, which is awesome and the the New York premiere is one of the more hilarious uh, <laughs> hilariously shitty things I've seen uh, on a wrestling promotion. The thing I don't understand <laughs> man is like they have two quick vignettes where they show uh, they show I keep going to call them private party public enemy show up. <laughs> Um, and shane douglas and there's a crowd of what like 20 25 people at the front of the nightclub that they've obviously if paid that, yeah. or roped in to like stand in the middle of a new york street in a freezing cold night
1: who actively are confused by visibly confused by who the people are
0: <laughs> there's two women at the front when shane douglas comes in who literally you can see them mouth to each other who the fuck is that like, who is this? Who are these people? Why are we here? But if you're the runner on this uh, segment, if you're producing this segment, surely, and I assume it's fucking Paul Heyman who was doing it, surely Hmm. you get the people who were out the front to come into the nightclub you know what I mean? They don't have to drink or anything like that. You don't have to have... Unless there's, like, laws that, like, you can't have people in a nightclub unless it's open or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe nightclub,
1: The nightclub night was COVID safe before COVID <laughs> was a <the> thing.
0: <laughs> but Jesus Christ, it looks empty, man. When you've got Shane Douglas and his uh, Goldfinger
1: girls. Um, his cabal of sex workers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who, who again, look very confused as to what they're doing and why they're there. Yeah. Um, if, it was, if the segment was meant to make me believe that Shane Douglas is a wheel and deal and style and profile and son of a gun, uh, it doesn't really do the job. But um, well, actually, more than anything, it makes it look like no one in New York cares about
1: ACW. <laughs> I think I came away with the strong impression that Shane Douglas pays for sex. That's what I took out of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if we can say anything... <laughs> If we can say anything about this, it's that Shane Douglas pays sex workers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I
1: have one more issue, and it's with Hack Myers, the Shah of ECW. I'm not a horror movie fan, Mm -hmm. but he's billed as from the last house on the left. I know that the last house on the left is like a very famous, like, censored rape and murder movie. Yeah. So is, is Hack Myers, who seems to be a face. Yeah. Are we saying his character's a sex murderer? Um, Yeah. Well, Shane Douglas should keep his sex workers away from Hack Myers. That's what I've learned. Yeah, he really should. It's it's that kind of like... Um, why wasn't Hack Myers at the ECW... Pre- why didn't they have the wrestlers come to the premiere?
0: Yeah, I know. Well, they probably all live in... Because uh, it's, it's in Philly, right?
1: Yeah. It's not a long drive.
0: It's not a long drive, but they've probably all got fucking day jobs and stuff you know what i mean it's like paul i'm not driving all the way up to new york to do a night's shooting and then have to be at work the next day and um what i do like though is the cultural touchstones that like the you know the the stuff that they are referencing is uh either like fairly recent or cool it's not the wwe thing of like hey we're referencing uh you know fast and the furious (laughs) <laughs> now in 2021, you know what I mean? It's like, well, hey, McMahon, let's have a character that's like Paul Walker from Fast and the Furious. It's like, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Vince McMahon's about to find grunge. Yeah, seven. Well, they've got a character based on Dexter. When did Dexter finish? Let alone start? <laughs> I really like Dexter Loomis, oh, but you're good. right. It's like it's a ten. Dude, he's the best thing on
0: NXT by a mile. Uh, the um. Because he's turned it into, like, this other weird thing where he does, like, childlike drawings of people and stuff now, and it's actually a bit creepy. Yeah, but that anyway. sounds sick, man. <laughs> no, 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 it is. It, it, like, it is. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, he, um, uh, yeah, it's been, I don't know, how long has it been since I've been disappointed by that last episode? 12 years, maybe? Was it, like, 2008? eight, nine? Yeah, something like that. Text to finish Yeah, so that's where we're at with with WWE. But anyway, that's one of the cool things about ECW is that they their references are current. Mm. 2013 is when it finished.
1: there you go. So seven years makes perfect sense. (laughs) Seven years, Um,
0: like clockwork. Vince,
1: (laughs) (laughs) he must just live in a anyway a bubble. Love to hang out with him
0: for one day. You know what I mean? I'd love yeah. to hang out with him for one day and and have, like, a confidentiality clause contract. And I was like, oh, I won't fucking. Oh, but I wouldn't be able to help myself. I'd break it <laughs> immediately. But just, you know, just to see what a day in the life of Vince is like.
1: I like that you've not only fantasy put yourself into like I get to spend a day with Vince. You've also like in this fant. Just want to be very clear, fantasy scenario. You've conceded <laughs> that you have to have a conf- confidentiality clause for it to happen, but also you've conceded that you just won't be able to keep the confidentiality clause, no. and you'll end up in you know federal prison in America. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: anymore. His best mate's not present. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, previously maybe.
1: Anyway. Let's move on. Let's go to let's go to January seventeenth, nineteen ninety five. We get a special look at Raven, which includes shots of Raven's feet, uh, Raven walking towards a dead end sign, and Raven walking towards a car. Once again, this was to uh, to come out and play, not to the weird muzak, which makes it a bit more like a music video. Then we get uh, Raven delivers a message to Tommy Dreamer, starting one of the greatest feuds of all time. Uh, it includes the line, Kurt Cobain didn't make it and left an entire generation of tortured souls behind, which tickled me, and I assume you connected to. Um, <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck uh, faced Paul Laurier, the giant Paul Laurier, at, standing at five 5'3". Uh, Paul Laurier wins. Uh, then we get the debut of Al Snow uh, versus Osamu Nishimura. Uh, Al Snow wins this one. This is not the al snow that we all know and love. Um, Public enemy deliver a promo on Sabu and Taz, and just about everything else. And then we end with a the t- team has to team who loses has to break up. Uh, Pit balls versus the bad breed. Uh, the bad breed lose, and Ian Rotten beats up Axel Rotten, beginning uh, one of wrestling observers' feuds of the year of 1995. What do you think?
0: Yeah, this episode was good. It's probably not. Uh- I probably wasn't as blown away by this episode as the the first couple, but I was still seeing El Snow as like this weird, normal baby face was really interesting. Uh, Raven's promo where he shouts out Kurt Cobain was like, embarrassingly spot on of <laughs> how everyone felt about Kurt Cobain dying. They're like, oh, well, everything sucked before Nirvana and now that Kurt's dead, everything will probably fucking suck again. And uh, we were right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was a really sad, <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, yeah, man, now we've got Foo Fighters as the Nirvana replacement. Pearl Jam. Ugh. Look, Pearl Jam are fine. you <laughs> like, they were doing their own thing, you know what <laughs> I mean? They were. Man, Vitalogy, Vitalogy and No Code. those albums fucking
1: rule. Is Vitalogy the the Neil Young album?
0: Um, Yeah, kind of.
1: That's an alright album, because Neil Young's really good. Um, yeah. You're just one of the generation of tortured souls Kurt Cobain left behind.
0: I am. I absolutely am. I was 15 years old when Raven was cutting this promo, and I was probably sitting in my room sad about (laughs) kurt being dead
1: can you imagine how much 15 year old you would have loved ecw
0: oh man i just would have been raven would have been my i'd still be talking i'd be talking about raven (laughs) now the way that i talk about cm punk and daniel Bryan it'd be Mm. any opportunity as soon as someone mentions wrestling did you say wrestling do you know who was great raven <laughs> you know <laughs> uh but yeah no i enjoyed this um i lo- I really like M- uh, mikey whipwreck as well uh, yeah like, mikey's uh, he just like the more i see him do stuff is great um his little buddy paul who's the giant is also <laughs> awesome there's a sense of you know it's important to have a sense of humor about wrestling in a post kayfabe world you know um, excuse me like, you know so the main stories need to be well, no, I mean, in a sense, you know, like... I'm not <laughs> accepting a post you know, you know world. what world. You know what I mean where everyone knows that it's fake because everyone loves to tell us that it's Excuse fake. Excuse me? You know?
1: <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, it's still real to me, damn it, guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, it's
0: important to have, um, like, uh, the top stories need to be um, serious, but the, you know, having the mid-card... Anyway, there's a sense of humour about ECW that I really appreciate.
1: So, Mikey Whipwreck, I also have connected with Mikey Whipwreck, uh, unfortunately has three t-shirts on pro wrestling tees, and they all feature a very aggressive, uncool 80s metal pentagram that's like has an M and a W, and I just don't think I can wear it.
0: Yeah, I've already got one pentagram t-shirt from Warhorse. I don't need. <laughs> I
1: don't need another one. <laughs> and I, I think it's worth noting as well this this Al Snow who debuts with a giant mullet and blue underwear <laughs> yes, um, is. is gonna go to WWE again, the WWF, and be in the new Rockers with Marty Jannetty for a little while and totally blow out. This is not the start of Job Squad Al Snow. That's years away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like, I would not, if he hadn't have been introduced as El Snow, I would have had no idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think of the Pitbulls and the Bad Breed? I, knowing that this is apparently an iconic feud, I'm excited about the Rottens facing each other. Um, but this match I was not particularly into.
0: No, I didn't get blown away by it. Uh, and I was interested to hear that, you know, um, did you say PW Insider was their
1: feud of the year? Yeah, I think it was, was one it? of their feuds of the year.
0: Yeah, so interesting. Like, I mean, I respect them as a magazine. So, yeah, I mean, well, we'll I, I feel like there's going to be for as many people who made it out of ECW that I'm aware of, there will there will be, you know, two to one that I don't know, and mm. will become you know like Mikey Mikey Whiprack. I'd never heard of him before, and he's instantaneously become a guy where I'm like, why didn't he get to go somewhere else? But
1: yeah, Mikey was definitely like Mikey on AEW could have been great.
0: Yeah, he was born at the wrong time.
1: Yeah. Like, if they've got Marco Stunt Wrestling, they could definitely have Mikey whip, whip a wreck.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. There's, like, there's... I mean, Jungle Boy's not that huge. Orange Cassidy isn't that big. I mean, he doesn't look like he's any smaller than those kind of guys. Mm. That's
1: that's true. Anyway. So, on, on January 24, 1995, let's, uh, let's move there. We open with another Public Enemy promo. Once again, just exceptional... Terrible heel work uh, Then we go to Two Cold Scorpio Versus Chris Benoit uh, Paul Lee delivers a promo on Public Enemy Raven delivers A promo on Tommy Dreamer in- Featuring some really bad Poetry and he's sitting on a swing At night uh, Shane Douglas versus Ron Simmons uh, And then Shane Douglas Issues an open challenge Tully Blanchard hits the ring Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit attack him because Tully Blanchard's obviously not watching or paying attention to the show, and they hold his arms down as uh, Shane Douglas puts him in a figure four to end out the show, which is a very great four-horseman move. What did you think? Uh, I like that. This was uh, from
0: Florida, right?
1: Yes, yes, this is this is Florida, yep. So the next two episodes are from Florida.
0: So it's interesting to see the ECWs, like Paul's, decided it's time to spread our wings and you know try and get uh, more eyes on the product um because it it looked like it was being done in a um rodeo mm. arena like that's what it looked like to yeah. me. but anyway there, there were people there um yeah all, everything in this episode was fine i think the the standout to me was public enemies having now like you know i was up to episode four and i was like oh i get Okay, I get Public Enemy in ECW. Like it, it, it's just to be. I mean, there's, there's good heel work. Is this right? But it's just like it, it's just through utter annoyance that you that they get like at first you're like shut up, shut up, and then after a little while you're like oh, okay, you go, okay, I kind of see what you guys are doing, and I, I assume like by March I'll be like <laughs> Public Enemy are the greatest tag team in the history of the world. Should have been. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love them. Raven's poetry is so fucking like god, it just <laughs> it reminds me so much of the mid-90s. It's not funny. Everyone in their rooms like listening to Vitology and the Cranberries and
1: This is uh from the book of from the diaries of Damien of Dr. Gibson.
0: It it really could be, man. Like listening to No Need to Argue by the Cranberries and just being sad for no reason. <laughs> Fifteen, you know, have good parents. Like, a family that loves me, friends, we're going to a half-decent school. There was nothing in my life that was bad at, at all. But, but, <laughs> but I would just sit in my room and listen to sad music being sad.
1: Have you noticed that Ravens, I don't, and I don't know if this is going to become part of the story, but these promos are not shot in, like, destitute, crap, grungy Seattle areas. They're, like, shot in, like, upper class suburbia or middle class suburbia at least yeah
0: but that's kind of what grunge was as well though right like it was kind of like um it was a bunch of like bored middle class kids like being absolutely despondent at the fact that they've that essentially their lives had already been chosen for them you know what i mean it's like well yeah. you're just gonna you'll go to school you'll go to uni and you'll get an okay job and then you'll meet someone then you'll have kids and you'll live in the suburbs and it was just that desk you know that desperation of being like oh, i don't want to do that i don't like i don't want to do what my parents did it's fucking boring out here mm. and then that leads to raven <laughs> <laughs> walking around in doc Martens, <laughs> you know kicking fucking uh, drain grates, going, <laughs> my life sucks. Do, do you think- uh, Quote the Raven.
1: <laughs> do you think that- uh, Do you think it's a bit weird that he's coming out to the offspring, given his character? It is. Yeah, it, that's, they're way too fun for Raven. Like, it'd be like if he came out to, like, Damn It by Blink-182. Like, it's just not like- <laughs> <laughs> It's too much of a party tune. I'm going I'm to pitch like that- you pitch you a song. Uh, okay. Francis Farmer will have a revenge on Seattle. Is what yeah, Raven man. should have come out
0: to. Oh man, I'm gonna listen to in Utero as soon as we stop finish as soon as we just stop recording this uh podcast. Yeah, that's perfect. Anything like that, early sound garden like Rusty Cage oh, or something cool. like that would be good as well. Like it's like he's obviously grunge. Mm. Like he's you know, his 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 gimmick is grunge, mm. right? Yeah. So um yeah, offspring of like that's weird. Mm. That's like a kid who doesn't quite understand. You know what I mean? It's like if he came out to funky monks by the Chili Peppers <laughs> or something. It's like, would well, they're alternative. Like, uh, yeah, they are, but like, they're not. You know.
1: Surely there's an EC- there's going to be an ECW wrestler that like tries to take off the Chili Peppers.
0: Anthony Caters, yeah, yeah, like for sure. Like, <laughs> come on!
1: If there's not Vince McMahon's about to discover who the Chili Peppers are, so <laughs> there'll be someone on someone on Raw with just a sock on their penis. Um I actually watched uh is it called Funky monks? I think it is a documentary
0: about the making of blood sugar sex magic yeah. the other night and um it's really interesting, but Jesus Christ man, it's like they I mean they're babies, but there is some there are some embarrassing moments. I'm still- I'm very loyal to bands. Once I sort of fall in love with them, I'll sort of always like Mm. them and take an interest in them. And I was like, oh, Funky Monks is on. Like, I'll just check that out. And, oh, God, just some of the- Yeah. Flea and Chad Smith get a pass, but (laughs) John John and Anthony talk some
1: utter fucking bollocks in that documentary. (sighs) Well, you know, they also have recorded and released publicly some utter fucking bollocks, so- as albums, um, you know, by the way, onwards. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, uh, let's. I think the um, the the other thing is there's this real uh, sort of. Uh, dissonance between the undercard, or not undercard necessarily, but you're getting, like, two Cold Scorpio, Chris Benoit, Raven, Hmm. uh, Public Enemy, these people that are really unconventional, Mikey Whipwreck, doing really interesting things. And then the main event really is Shane Douglas, um, you know, who looks very conventional, and Ron Simmons or Tully Blanchard, who are obviously big stars from other companies. Um, Yeah. I think that's quite interesting to note. Um, and I just wanted to ask. No, it's well done. I, I wanted to ask you before we move on to the next one. What do you think of Paul Heyman? His promos.
0: Uh yeah, I had that written down in uh, episode one, but we we sort of moved past it quite quickly. I don't. Um, he, I mean, he, he's so good at it. I mean, like, you already know that. Like, if you watched any WWE. I mean, again, my kind of introduction to Paul Heyman was through CM Punk, which people would be like, oh, God, you the- dude, you're not a real <laughs> wrestling fan. But it was. And um, I immediately was like, who the fuck is this fat Warrus motherfucker? Like? Mm. But he won me over, like, instantaneously. I mean, he is he the best talker wrestling's ever had? Probably. I mean, I can't. In these promos especially, yeah. like, he's he's a one-man... Uh, storyboard like he just you know he'll whatever story he's involved in he's like he gives you the backstory he tells you what's happening in the future but then also gives you like um there's this continuous sort of vibe and feeling about acw that goes hand in hand with with Mm. paul Heyman's promos which makes sense seeing he's running the whole uh, thing like he's
1: he's obviously a mount rushmore of wrestling talkers like i think you'd you'd have to have to be you'd yeah. have to say that he's on that same level as jake Roberts and the rock and uh mm. yeah other uh you know bobby heenan um i'm not being a dickhead would cm punk be there <sighs> yeah. that's a really really he'd hard you'd have to question. go pretty you'd have to be close he'd have to be top 10 could be top five even. I don't like it. Is it is very difficult. It's it's just that.
0: I think we both agree that Paul Heyman would definitely yeah. be on there.
1: If not first cab off the rank, he'd
0: be very close yeah. to it. And and this, these promos that he's doing in ECW, he's just electric. Mm. You know, like I just a peek behind the curtain. I basically watched all of these episodes, basically on the mm. same day. So I watched like close to four, three and a half hours of ecw um which i mean i enjoyed it but there was there were moments there were lulls not many but a couple but that was not the case when paul Heyman was on screen as soon as paul Heyman was on screen you were a hundred percent of your attention was directed towards him um and it's a shame that he wasn't a wrestler yeah because he like you know if he had half decent moves in the ring he could have been one of the greatest wrestlers of all time uh with these promos that he cuts but He's obviously he obviously loves the sport mm. or the industry whatever you want to call it and um, yeah I'm all in on him like I just in ECW it's if I didn't love him already which I do um, you know he's quickly becoming one of my favorite guys I mean there's a lot of guys in on my favorites mm. list but um, <laughs> Paul Heyman's definitely on
1: there. the the before we move on to January 31 the other person I wanted to sort of ask you about specifically now we're now we're sort of further in. Uh, We've got Joey Styles is commentating and doing ringside interviews mm. and doing ring announcing. What do you think of Joey Styles? I like him, man. I think he's
0: got. Um, he obviously knows his shit, mm. but obvi- but but is passionate about ECW. You even if you didn't like his style, you'd have to be um, you'd have to be blown away by his work rate. If yeah. nothing else, I mean he's he's a he's a one man he's a one man media team for that for that organization and there's a lot of people who do that at a lot of indie companies around the world you know who are that person um there's like andy coin who does it for mcw is like the he's the commentator he's the ring announcer he's the you know he does all this kind of stuff so um not not to downplay joey joey styles role in acw i really like him i think he's i think he's great yeah
1: and i think um it is a bit of a because of when ECW ended and wcw ended and I think he, I think he worked for WWE uh, for some time at, on the on their website. Um, he did the ECW commentary, didn't he? Like the WWE ECW. Yeah, I believe commentary it was did, him right? and Taz. Maybe um, yeah. I could be wrong about that. Um, hard, I mean, hardcore fans right. of uh, WWE ECW um, can can comment, <laughs> um, but it's it's a bit of a shame that he never got an opportunity to be sort of a you know. Big show commentator. Um, I believe there was some talk about him going to TNA for a while, um, but he didn't. Um, But he's just, I I really like him. I really like his energy and, like, his just obvious passion for the product. I think it just adds to it. Um, Anyway, we'll move on now to the final, the fifth and final episode of January 1995. Uh, We open with a recap of Tully and Shane. Shane with a sort of a promo that's clearly shot at night by the pool of a very cheap motel. It really adds to Shane Douglas's. I'm the, you know, I'm the sort of two, two cent Ric Flair. Um, (laughs) then they say, you you know, we were in Florida and fans destroyed the ECW ring. Um, the, the fans just threw their chairs in the ring that wasn't destroyed, but you know, you take you, you know, this is a Joey styles embellishment to make it sound cooler. Um, Shane Douglas shoots on Tully Blanchard. Uh, Sabu and Taz uh, versus the Public Enemy. Uh, Paul E delivers another promo on the Public Enemy, and by goodness, uh, Paul E hates the Public Enemy. Raven, Raven <laughs> delivers one of, if not the greatest promo I've ever seen, where he sits on a uh, chair, a small chair for in a, what is clearly a primary school, uh, and. Then, as the promo finishes, uh, it turns out he's written "I hate Dreamer" dozens of times on the blackboard. Uh, then we get then we get Sandman versus Cactus Jack Man, uh, which is great, obviously. Then Sandman cuts a promo on Cactus with a woman next to him. a well, woman. Really, cuts a promo on Cactus. Then Cactus cuts a promo on Sandman, uh, challenging him to a Texas Death Match. Uh, You know Mick Foley holding up his his bloody and broken hand in front of his face to illustrate that you know he doesn't that he's become soft and you know he used to be hardcore and now he's going to go back and now it's going to be he doesn't want to count to one two three he doesn't want the win he just wants to hurt Sandman and man it's good to see Mick Foley talk what did you think
0: I I really I actually really liked Shane Douglas's promo at the beginning of the episode. Uh, it kind of pales in the comparison to other promos that happen later on. But um, he's doing a good job of being, like, you know, a shit heel champion. Um, and kind of, you know, um, interesting that he didn't get an opportunity, as far as I know, um, at either WCW or, or WWE. He, he
1: did um, appear at uh, WCW and WWF. He was, I think, before this in WWF, Dean Douglas. The uh, school principal, uh, which you know, just a just a just a great little gimmick there, uh, and then he was in WCW um, as part of the, right at the end, sort of as part of that really shitty um, new blood storyline, um, and I believe. Ric Flair was not keen on him because he'd cut promos on Ric Flair and Ric Flair at that point thought wrestling was real or something, like he was just behaving like Bret Hart. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. You can mm-hmm. tell that, that Shane Douglas could have absolutely been, a, like when, particularly when you look at what the other companies are doing in 1995, they definitely had space for Shane Douglas. He could be the booty man um uh, raven's promo as you said was
0: was phenomenal um shot in the same classroom as the jeremy film clip oh. i'm pretty sure and uh <laughs> there are a lot of things that happened on this episode where i was like okay cool this is ecw full-blown mm. i mean uh paul Heyman's promo about uh i don't i don't know whether it was <laughs> i don't know whether it was a promo on public enemy or uh him launching a presidential <laughs> campaign uh, it, like uh yeah, a lot of sort of white, upper-middle-class uh, talk here from yes <laughs> from Paul Heyman, uh, you know, about not being able to walk down the street without a hoodie stealing your mobile phone <laughs> or whatever. It's like, all right, okay, we're getting into some dangerous waters here, Paul. But anyway, uh, uh, loved it. It's, you know, it's Paul Heyman mm. promo, so it's great. But, dude, I mean, Sandman versus uh, Mick Foley is one of the better hardcore matches I've ever seen yep. and i know anyone who's in the ecw would be like well you haven't been watching hardcore matches because you've been watching wwf <laughs> and wcw so i yes i can see that but um yeah this was this was amazing and then capped off by and you compare the promos the sandman and woman and and Mick foley do at the end of mm. this match to make you believe that these two hate each other compared to what we're watching on wcw nitro at the moment, a year later, if that makes sense, (laughs) um, is just poles apart. Like, there's a realism here. You know, this is what I've been talking about where it's like, well, like, yes, wrestling isn't real, in inverted commas, but you can make it feel real. You can make it that, like, it feels real that two people hate each other. And Mick Foley, Sandman and Woman's promo was so good, and then when it cut to Mick Foley, I was like, well, how do you, you're not going to be able to top that. And he 100% does um and and just like little story flourishes of like you know i i used to not care about winning you know in the sense of like i used to be a proper hardcore wrestler but then you know i got a bit of fame and stuff and i actually started caring about winning but this this time with you sandman i don't care about winning and if i lose to you i'll leave you know that's always great as well. Leaving leaving wrestling matches. I love those kind of. Matches.
1: He's just got such pathos, and like he's just such an incredible. In, like I mean, we we were just earlier talking about the greatest talkers of all time. Mick Foley was obviously an um, yeah, omission. Mick Foley would be that, yeah. um, but that man could sell uh, snake oil very comfortably.
0: A hundred percent. But I think you know it comes from. Uh, with those kind of guys, the guys who are good talkers, it it does come from a place Mm. of passion, you know, like you never really see the guys who come from other sports and stuff like that. I mean, I know people could go The Rock, but really, you know, The Rock's from a Mm. wrestling family. Like the people who it's in their blood, they're the ones who end up being
1: the the guys who care the
0: most are usually the best. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Bill Goldberg, not a great promo.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who I was going to say. You know, Bill Goldberg, not a great promo. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of other people who you could probably put in the you
1: know. Stone Cold Steve Austin cared. You could tell he cared.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, like I think like um, you know Baron Corbin in WWE is probably a good example of that over the last three or four years of, like, it's not. it may not be that he doesn't care about wrestling, but he doesn't care about that mm. gimmick. And why would you? Like, King Corbin or fucking Constable Corbin, <laughs> everything that they've given that guy. Um, you know, like, I don't know what he did to Vince when he first got to that company, but he's had to eat shit for yeah. a long, long period of time. But it just comes across, like, I think people, uh, I think some people get sucked into the kayfabe, but I think most people with Baron Corbin are like, you don't care. Mm. So, why should I, you know? It's the same thing with Goldberg when he cuts a promo, like, especially now. So, to see Mick Foley cut this promo with so much passion, so much fire, you know, to be the best promo on that Mm. episode when you had Shane Douglas, Sam and and Paul Heyman Mm. cut amazing promos, um, this was a moment where I was like, oh, fuck, CSW don't, they're not Mm. playing. This is a real wrestling promotion um, that are, Light years ahead of the two main competitor, like the two big boys. Um, pardon the the pun. WCW. Um, with how they're cutting promos and telling stories, and yeah, I just loved it, man. I I, I could see here for another twenty minutes and heaps of superlatives on it. But
1: well, this is one of the one of the reasons why I suggested we start in '95, not '96. '96 uh, would have had some. Um, it would have sort of, we would have sort of gone together with the WCW podcast, but I wanted to start in 95 so we'd have about a year of Mick Foley. Because, uh, I like, I've never right. really seen, I've seen clips and I've seen Kane, Dewey and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I really want to see how it all goes down, um, you know, because apparently the, the crowd becomes very hostile to Mick and he starts to hate being there. And... Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go on that journey with with Mrs Foley's little baby boy, um, <laughs> or Cactus Jack as he is here, different different fellow. Um, but anyway, hmm. what so what after a month a month are you are you intending to do another episode of this or are you like our oh, fuck ECW? It's overrated.
0: No, no, I wanted to. I definitely want to do more. I think this time I'll try and spread the episodes out a bit more, uh, only because four hours of anything on the trip was is probably. a a stupid way to go about things when you're trying to get mm. an overall picture of things. But look, I'll say this. I, I much more enjoyed cramming for ECW than I have for WCW shows <laughs> that we've done recently. So um, yeah, man, it's, it, it wrestling is such a fascinating thing. And like, I mean, that's such a generic sort of Valley girl way of saying it, but it, it you, ECW is another strand of wrestling history that is completely different to WCW and WWF and is essentially the template for indie promotions. Like it it, it's a DIY, it's the punk of wrestling, right? Like it's shown a whole bunch of people like, hey man, like you can put on a wrestling promotion. You don't have to be Vince McMahon. You don't have to be um Eric Bischoff and, and billionaire Ted. Like you can you can just hire a bingo hall and and off you go if you can get some wrestlers like you off you go you know like um and so ecw's legacy will always be that but it that's kind of the way wwf have painted them but they're more than that and it's interesting to see that you know only watching a month of Mm. their programming i can already see that like oh no you guys are much more than just you know the the di the kings of diy you've introduced a lot of different things that are still being used today um, and probably not getting the recognition for it that you deserve. So, um, yeah, I'm I, yeah, very keen on doing a lot more AC Excellent. WWE.
1: Well, uh, on that note, um, I'm going to do the Damien, uh, you know, my version of his uh, subscribe, like. Uh, we would appreciate any reviews over four stars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, leave us a comment. Catch us on the socials. Uh, we're at WrestleWolf on them or wrestlewolf podcast you'll fo- you'll find them if you follow this feed you'll be right yeah. um and i'm just excited to to get to say the 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 end uh, the 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 sign off yeah, qu- quoth quoth the 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 podcast pepe is dead say <laughs> <laughs> ya